You've reached the Onkin Radio Podcast. Nick Onkin here, exploring the world from creativity, consciousness, and everything in between to help you alchemize your life to its fullest expression. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Onkin Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Onkin here, and I'm excited to bring today's guest on as we are talking about building your personal brand. And I have AJ Vaden from Brand Builders Group here. And um, we were doing a shoot a little recently in uh, in Nashville. We were photographing her and Rory, who uh, they partner in running the Brand Builders Group, which helps people strategize and build a structure for the personal brand through books, through podcasts, through speaking, all the things. And uh, they recently did a deep, deep study, uh, deep dive study into the statistics of the importance of building your personal brand. And I'm excited to bring her on to talk about that and explain all the statistics and things that uh, will help bring some relevance to how important it is to build your personal brand in these days and how to establish trust with your audience. AJ and Rory and I met through our mutual friend, Lewis Howes, who many of you might know, who's been on this podcast, big entrepreneur, and they have helped him strategize his business from his speaking to all the strategies around building his personal brand as well. So they do more of the strategy side, and then I've come in and helped Lewis with his visual side, building, uh, creating storytelling photographs that tell his story and what he calls GQ branding. So that's why I wanted to have AJ on the show to speak more to the strategy side. So if you guys want to check out Brand Builders Group, you can just tell them you heard about it from the Onkin Radio podcast here, and um, they'll get you set up on your personal brand strategy journey of discovery and building, building out that process if you want to know more and download a free PDF of the statistical study to check out visually. You can do that at brandbuildersgroup.com slash study. It's a really comprehensive study, which is really, really helpful. And if you are interested in doing a personal brand photo shoot with me, like we did with Rory and AJ, you can go to onkin.co slash entrepreneur and uh, get more information over there and submit on the form to see if we're a good fit and we can set something up with you. So with that, let's jump into today's episode on the statistical importance of building your personal brand with AJ Vaden. Let's go. What is up, everyone? We have AJ Vaden in the house today. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to talk about the statistical importance of building your personal brand today. And AJ has a company called Brand Builders Group with her husband, Rory, who have we've all met through Lewis Howes, our good friend, and, and have been building together. So I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, likewise. I've got... <sighs> plenty of information to share. So <laughs> I love it. I mean, where do we even start? You know, I guess let's let's jump in a little bit of like what you guys are up to and with Brand Builders Group and how you kind of got started in that. And then we can jump into the statistics. Yeah. So it was uh, one of those weird fluke things where you find yourself doing something that you never thought you would be doing. So uh, my husband and I, Rory, uh, we've been business partners uh, for longer than we've been in love and married, but we started this first business with two other business partners and then had a pretty sudden and dramatic exit (laughs) unexpectedly. And throughout the course of that, our good friend, Lewis Howes, who we hadn't actually talked to in a couple of years, reached out to us kind of out of nowhere and said, I don't know why, but I've got this thing. I've got these like ideas, but also problems. And for some reason, I keep just getting the sense that you guys can help me clarify some of this of where I want to take my brand and my business. And after those two days in May of 2018, uh, Lewis literally is the one who said to us, this is your new business. And so kind of on a leap of faith and on Lewis's podcast, We launched Brand Builders Group just a little over three years ago of doing what we've been doing for ourselves, 
but now really putting both the art and the science of building an influential personal brand to paper and creating some real processes and systems and methodology around uh, how to become more well-known with what you do. So that's what we've been up to in the process. We also had a couple of babies. So, you know, never, <laughs> never boring, never boring over here. Never, never boring. And we were just shooting for your personal brand last week in, in Nashville. And I witnessed the chaos of the house. <laughs> and I'm glad I have I have Jasper as my my new assistant. because he's sure, protege, <laughs> assistant, all the things. <laughs> he's such a good, great little kid. So you guys have... Have 14 different workshops on different things. Can you give us a rundown, uh, just like a quick overview of what those what those are? Because it probably it, it like helps talk about the yeah. process. Yeah, and this has kind of been an organic growing thing. So I feel like all we've been doing is developing content straight for the last three years. But one of the things that we really found that a lot of the people that we work with, both just in our friends and our influence group, but also our clients, is you know, once they figure out like what they want to talk about, they don't really know what to do from there. So we created 14 different curriculums to really guide you from what we say from idea to eight figure personal brands. So we've got our foundational curriculum. It's finding your brand DNA. It's really helping you figure out what problem you solve, how you uniquely solve it, who you solve it for and how you make money solving it. And then mm. from there, we kind of go, okay, well, now you know that, but what do you want to say about that? And so yeah. we created captivating content to really help you turn thoughts into thought leadership, mm. um, but doing it in a really systematic way so that you've got your own set of curriculum. And then what we found is it's not just what you say, as we all know, it's how you say it. Yeah. And we found that doesn't matter how good the content is, if you suck at presenting it, no mm. one wants it. And so uh, we went and developed a world-class presentation craft of really the art of the spoken word. And that that really encompasses the very first thing that we do with everyone we work with. That's what we call phase one. That's branding. So it's mm. who you are, what you have to say, and then how do you say it? And then from there, we, we go into three different curriculums of marketing, three different curriculums in selling, and then three different curriculums in how to scale your business truly to an eight-figure business. Wow. Wow. And within that, you guys have Rory, Rory was saying you guys have one on crafting a viral TED talk and how to do your podcasts and all that kind of stuff too. Uh, yeah, well, we could keep you very busy for at least the next five years of your business. <laughs> <laughs> kind of built one of those programs where no matter where you are in building your business or your personal brand, uh, we've got something for every phase of business. So it's building a speaking career, it's publishing a book, it's mm. launching and building your podcast. And then we just exited our non-compete. And so we are now also back in the world of helping people do the offline sale, which is what we did for 14 mm. years as is help, helping people actually convert our you know leads into customers, mm. but not in a digital manner. At some point, if you've got a high ticket item, you know, $3,000 and above, in our opinion, you're going to have to talk to someone. And how do you actually get someone to make a decision to buy from you on a phone call or in a presentation? Mm. And so we just say, well, we were able to launch that uh, series this year. So that's really brand new to what we were doing. Amazing. So many things. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we could keep you very, very busy. Yeah, I guess one question, I mean, just because we just work together, but you know, what have you discovered or learned? And maybe this goes into the statistics about your actual like visual personal image and brand as it relates to your personal brand overall. Yeah, here's the number one thing and why we just cashed out a lot of dough to hire you to come take <laughs> our pictures. <laughs> is that it's it's all about the authenticity, authenticity of the human connection. And one of the biggest things that we've learned and what we really buy into is like people don't care much about what you sell and what you do. They care more about who you are. And mm. it's so fascinating to just see what even trends on social media and social media is a teeny tiny part of what we do. That is a small part of what a personal brand is all about. But it's also fascinating. And we've been doing these own studies in our with our own set of audiences. And it's like we will post something about our study or a podcast or we'll post you know, some piece of original content and it gets a third of the engagement of me posting a video of playing T-ball with my two boys. Oh, wow. 
And wow. it's, you know, it's, you know, I post something about, you know, the disaster of what our family, you know, <laughs> vacation travel experience was, and it'll get 10 times the engagement of a more formal piece of content. Yeah. And so one of the things that we've just learned is so much of the visual component of this is just capturing you of who you are as a person. And so capturing your personality mm. and your genuine nature of how you do things, not sitting behind a desk in a, a suit and a blazer in an office building, but it's the genuine nature of who you are of everyday life is what I found that people really want to see and capture. And that's also what we think you do so well is it's not the static poses and headshots, but it's those live moment captures that people really want to see. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I think also crafting story around, I mean, I love the fact that we like shot you sitting behind your desk with your kids, like standing on the desk and, you know, kind of crafting that authentic story is, was, that was, I, I really had a fun time with that one. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is like, that's real life. And that's what people want to see. <laughs> totally. Like real life is not pristine and perfect. It is, I have muffin crumbs all over my desk and there is a toddler, you know, tornado happening behind me. And quite honestly, that's also what people want to relate to because that's their real life. Yeah, absolutely. And created like an ele elevated realism to that as well, where it's like you're showing authenticity, but also kind of in an aspirational way. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's, let's talk about some more of the statistics. You guys did some, you did some studying uh, with a specific group and, and created this PDF, which people can download. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll send you the link too, but it's brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash study. Cool. Yeah. So we can, we'll put that in the show notes as well, but um, yeah. What did you learn going through this process? So I would say there's three main things that I think is really important for every human on the planet, truly <laughs> every human on the planet to know about uh, personal branding that I think is really, really important. So we spent over six months doing this national research study. We hired a third-party firm to go out and field the study. It was over a thousand different uh, intakes, which is considered statistically valid to you know, plus or minus 3% of the US population. So strictly in the United States for now, uh, one day we'll, we'll go worldwide, but right now just in the United States. So here are the three things that we think is really, really important. And this is the first one is that uh, two thirds, technically more than two thirds, but 67% Americans say that they would be more willing to spend more money on products and services that come from an individual who has a established personal brand versus a company. Mm, mm. And I think that's the biggest kind of like aha moment is, and this is a trend that we're already seeing um, and we've yeah. been seeing, but this is just amplifying it. But there, people are literally saying, I would rather hire someone who has an established personal brand versus a professional who just works at a big company. Mm, mm. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we're seeing that so much today in, in the influencer space. And I like to use that with, with the air quotes. <laughs> yes, a large, uh, uh, undefined term. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I'm also curious too, like, what have you learned within that space of like, you know, because you see these influencers and then you get to a space where it kind of, I guess the influence teeters off as well. You know, where does it, where does that, that line lie in terms of like being too much, too many ads and too many promotions versus like authentic, I guess, authentic approval. Uh, yeah. Products. Well, we actually talked about that a lot in this study in terms of, you know, what, what creates a like or dislike in terms of who you follow online. And, you know, a lot of what we would say consider as a typical influencer is typically an online influencer. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, before I share that data point, one of the things that I think is really fascinating in all of this research is actually one of the things we said is like, what do Americans consider a personal brand? And I think this is really important because influencer was an option and there was <laughs> content creator, there was podcast host, speaker, author, you know, all the things. And at the end of the day, none of those things are what Americans said that they defined as someone who has a personal brand, which I think is really important for everyone because most people, I think, assume they cannot have a personal brand mm -hmm. unless they are somehow Insta famous or some sort of online celebrity. But, you know, it was an overwhelming percentage of people who said, 
a personal brand to me is just someone who is simply recognizable. Hmm. Okay. Just simply recognizable. So that could be, you know, the local business person who's really involved in the community, or it's maybe you're a part of a direct sales company and, you know, you've got those internal celebrities (laughs) within, you know, that direct sales company, but it's someone who's just simply recognizable. And it had nothing to do with this influencer, you know, kind of persona that we hear so much about. And so when we went through all of these things, we said, well, what does create the most emphasis on who you decide to like, follow and engage with Thus, also trust and buy from online. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty split between what I would define as older generations. So we're going to call those baby boomers and Gen X and younger generations, which would be millennials and Gen Z. So call Mm -hmm. it 18 to 44. That would be that category. The older generation said the most important thing to them was relevancy of content. And that had very little to do with, you know, personality or anything like that. Whereas the younger generation said it was personality driven content and that's subtle, but also really important to distinguish because it was personality driven content. So they're both looking for relevant content, but one was very information driven. One was uh, very personality driven, but here's the two things that I think are really important when we went through all the details of this is the least important thing of all generations from 18 to 65 plus, the least important thing was the number of followers that someone Mm. has online. Like that does not even come into the equation of who I choose to like, engage with, follow, doesn't even matter. And then we took it a step further and said, well, then what are you want from the people that you follow? And they said, well, we'll tell you what we don't want first. What we don't want is someone who promotes products and services. Hmm. But what we do want is someone who promotes content and ideas. Interesting. And so across the board, all generations are going, the more that you hustle products and services and ads and promotions, the least trustworthy you become to me. The more that you just promote content and ideas, the more trustworthy you become to me. Mm, interesting. So how do how do people, you know, I guess online that are how do you integrate product into the content and ba- create that balance so that people do trust you, but they also, you know, that you're but you're also like showing things that you like. Cause I know I for me on my brand, like I love showing people things, products that I love and products that help my life and and things that, you know, part of me is that I get excited about that kind of stuff. I think part of it is it's knowing the mix, right? Mm -hmm. And it needs to be a small part of the mix. And I think it's different when you're promoting products that you've discovered that you naturally love and use yourself versus, hey, I'm promoting a new product every single week that maybe Mm. I'll use for just this time period. And then you'll never hear me talk about it again. (laughs) where it becomes very obvious that you're doing it for the promotion. And so it's how do you integrate these things, not into a week-long posting campaign, but they really become integrated into, no, like I genuinely use this, which is why I want to promote it. And then there's nothing wrong with getting paid to promote it. You built your audience. You should get paid for that, right? You're an advertiser. But at the same time, it's making it authentic where it's like, You just want to make sure it's not obvious. It's like, hey, there's a 30-day period. This is all I talk about. And it was never before and it was never after. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, I think there's a difference between that and then also just promoting your own products and services. Mm. And we generally typically follow the thought process for our personal brands of products and services are to be promoted in our webinars and our email (laughs) marketing, but we typically don't do it a lot on social. Mm. We typically don't. And that's really why we do a lot of webinars and we have a lot of funnels. We've got video funnels and webinar funnels. We do live webinars, recorded webinars, lead magnets. We do all the things so that we've promoted enough value online that you want more from us, but we're not really promoting our products and services on social. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I guess I think that kind of goes into what you guys help people build to is intellectual property and the thought leadership message. Because if we're cre- if you're creating content around content and ideas around the thought leadership that's adding value to people, and then products and services can come come down the, the pipeline later. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things is 88 percent of older millennials, which is ages 36 to 44, 
And the reason we have such a high emphasis on this particular age group in our study is they hold the majority of the consumer purchasing power in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. They're the people who spend the most money, right? And so these this group of people said 88% of them said that they are more likely to buy from a company where they align their personal values with the founder of the company. And here's one of the things that's hard that we find about a lot of people online is they tend to only talk about their products and services, right? They're a representative of how they built their company, but they don't talk about why or what was it like before or their family life or, you know, they don't talk about the other things and what these people are going to I want to align with you personally. So mm-hmm. what, what is your take on health and fitness? What is your take on financial security? And those are the things that people go, if I align with you as a person, as a human being, I am more likely to buy the products and services your company offers simply because I, I like you as a person. Mm. And so it's doing more of who you are and what you believe in. And naturally, people are going to want to know what your products and services are about because they trust you as a person. Yeah. Yeah. That actually makes, that's, that's very helpful. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I think that also kind of plays into, you know, when I'm helping people create their visual brand is like bringing, telling the story of your values and your, the, the things that are important to you and, and creating that visual story as, as well. Yeah. Like one of the case studies we did that I think is so mind blowing in my opinion, because I just, I can't believe like this type of thing happens right now. And I'm not a huge soccer player. So I'm, I'm new to the sport, mainly from peewee soccer, <laughs> a toddler, but um, there was like three huge things that happened in the world of soccer this year. And we actually outlined these in the study. So if you want the full story, get the study, but I will give you the highlighted version. So Cristiano Ronaldo, mm-hmm. right, is the single most followed user on all of Instagram. He's got something like 586 million followers on Instagram. Wow. And as wow. for context, there's 350 million Americans, right? And he's got 586 or 586 million users <laughs> uh, worldwide. Insane. So just for context, right? Yeah. And so earlier this year at the 2020 Euro Conference, this was in June 2021. So just a few months ago, he sat down for this press conference, and Coca-Cola is one of the sponsors of the Euro competition. He sits down, and there was two bottles of Coke sitting in front of him. And he looks at them, and he had a visibly unhappy face, sat down, pushed the bottles of Coca-Cola aside, and moved a bottle of water in front of him and simply said, agua. Wow. That's all he said. And the press conference was about an hour long. And by the end of the press conference, Coca-Cola's stock value had dropped $4 billion, with a B, $4 billion. No way. 1.86% in the matter of 60 minutes from one person sitting down and basically saying, I don't drink Coke. We drink water in Portugal. And part of that comes from, one, his massive online following. But what Cristiano Ronaldo is really known for is his relentless discipline to health and fitness. He mm. talks about it all the time. He's a hardcore promoter of no sodas, no sugars. You know, it's a, a mindfulness, it's fitness, it's nutrition. And most of his pictures online are about that lifestyle. Now there's plenty of other things and soccer related, but most of his, his followers on Instagram do not follow him just because he's an amazing soccer player. It's because he's also an advocate for wellness and health and nutrition and all these things. And if you follow him online, you're like, oh yeah, there's a wide diversity of what he really talks about. And so when he pushed these bottles of Coke out and said, no, I drink water, $4 billion. That's insane. Minutes, <laughs> right. And so again, it's like, it's like people are following people more than companies, more than ever before. Yeah. And one yeah. person can literally fluctuate an entire company's stock value and a company who's been around for hundreds of years in 60 minutes. Wow. We haven't really seen that kind of power happening up until the last five to six years because of social media and because of technology. Yeah, absolutely. And I've I've also seen this with actually Lewis and Gary V and those guys talking about sports cards. Like Gary got Gary got Lewis and and some other guys into or entrepreneurs into a group buying sports cards and stuff like that. And then just by talking about 
sports cards on their social media platforms, they're driving up the value of the cards and shifting the whole industry. It's wild. I mean, think about Elon Musk and Bitcoin. Oh yeah. I mean, every single time you can like literally follow his tweets on Twitter and then you can watch Bitcoin spike, drop, spike, drop. And uh, one of the things too that we did in this study is a case study of the correlation between Elon Musk's tweets about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and the actual value of Bitcoin. Wow. Wow. It's, it's again, it's the power of the personal brand that's influencing purchase behavior. It's influencing currencies. It's influencing stock value. Like this is no longer a thing of vanity and popularity, which is what a lot of people still assume that it is. Now, this is truly a business strategy as we move into the future. This is a trust accelerator. This is a financial decision. This is not just about, I want to be well-known. No, it's, no, you need to be well-known because if you're not, the person who is more well-known is going to get the business. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we we also talked about the importance of building your personal brand, even with inside of a company, right? Like, yeah. you know, explain a little, or go into, go if you can go into that a little bit deeper as well, because you guys discovered some really great stuff around that. Yeah, more than 50% of employees said that one, they think that their company should pay for them to build their personal brands. Whoa. Um, <laughs> more than 50% of employees say no company should be paying for me to build my personal brand and treat me as a brand ambassador. Because who better to talk about the company than the people who are committing their really 60% of their lives working for this company? Yeah. So who is better to be a brand ambassador than the hundreds or thousands of employees in the company? All right, my friend, I want to tell you about today's sponsor. And it is one of my favorite brands, Organifi. Uh, As you know, I'm all about putting healthy things into my body and using different supplements and things to get the nutrients that I need uh, when I can't always have access to them through other means of vegetables and things like that. So one of my favorite uh, mixtures is something that I like to mix three of their products together. It's the pure, the red juice and the green juices. And it's a power pack of nutrients in the morning. Um, So I've been doing this every morning. And what's been great is I've been taking it on my travels so that I can keep some daily nutrients with me, especially when it's a very travel schedule. I don't always have access to foods that I want to eat. Um, so it's a great staple, great way to um, bring things on the road. They have little travel packs too, which is perfect. So you can just drop them in, mix them with water, and they're delicious. Less than three grams of sugar, uh, which is very, very little, and it's all organic. Either way, no processed sugars. Uh, so the green juice, which is great, is just you get your daily doses, your daily dose of nutrients that you need. You just mix it with water. There's 11 superfoods like ashwagandha, morninga, chlorella, spirulina, turmeric, and much more. The red juice is a superfood berry blend that contains adaptogens, antioxidants, and a clinical dose of cordyceps mushrooms, which is highly, highly beneficial to you. There's 13 superfoods for energy support like beets, blueberries, acai, pomegranate, Siberian ginseng, reishi mushrooms, rhodiola, and more. So it gives you a bunch of energy without the caffeine. Um, And then Pure. uh, Pure is about promoting gut health and the morning brain fog is very helpful. It promotes healthy BDNF levels and mental clarity. For those of you that don't know what that is, I didn't. I had to look this up. Uh, Brain-derived neurotropic factor. It's the key molecule involved in plastic changes related to learning and memory. So neuroplasticity, things like that. Uh, What's great, it's infused with lion's mane and coffee berry. Got baobab from an African fruit that contains 10 times the amount of vitamin C that oranges do. It's got apple cider vinegar to improve gut health. Contains all kinds of other goodies like aloe vera, ginger root, monk fruit, digestive enzymes, and more. So you can go check this out, uh, Organifi.com. That's with an I uh, at the end, not a Y. And you can use the code Onken, O-N-K-E-N, for 15% off at checkout. I mean, one, I think that's fascinating because 
still the concept of even the owner of a company, people are still trying to wrap their minds around it. And employees are going, no, every single employee (laughs) should have one and the company should pay for it because we're your biggest opportunity to be brand ambassadors and advocates for the products and services. But more than that, when these, and everyone that was in our study was an employee. So I think that's really important Mm. or employee. Some of them were employers, some of them were solopreneurs, but everyone was an employed individual, right? right. Um, so I think that's important in context of what this all means. But one of the things that I think is really, really worth digging into if you are an employer is that literally 67% of the people who took this study said that they are more likely to apply for a job with you, take a job with you, stay with you, invest in your company and recommend other people to work for you if they simply know you Mm. as a person. Yeah. And so many owners and founders, literally, they just delegate that part out. I think a lot of reason why we get into business is so that at some point we can step away a little bit. And what employees are saying, it's like, no, the reason I want to work for companies is because I believe in the mission and the values of the person who runs the company. And I think a lot of that has to do with the amount of corruption that's been going on specifically since, you know, kind of, I'm going to say like 2010. And there's, I'm not going to get into that. That'll open a whole deep, dark can of worms. (laughs) But there's been a lot of it with big executives of all different industries. And now people are going, we're done. We're over that. I actually, I had a conversation with somebody who does a ton of HR work on a very large global perspective. And she made this comment in a conversation. She goes, for decades, uh, the United States have been talking about the labor war, right? Mm. You know, the talent and hiring. And she goes, well, the war is over. And guess what? The labor has won, right? Wow. The employees have won. This is no longer a game of employers dictate everything, salaries, money, income. No, no, no. The employees have won. (laughs) employers have to catch up. And what employees are saying is I want to know you. I'm not going to dedicate my life to working for you as a company. If I don't know who's behind those closed doors, making these decisions that impact my life. Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense. And, and just all the more reason to show that company owners need to really, really double down on, on building their personal brands. Yeah. And I think one of the things, one of the things we wanted to ask too, because in this world of personal branding, which so many people associate in this, you know, podcasting, speaking, authorship world. But when we said we gave, I think it was like 22 different options. We asked, what do you think are the most credible titles for someone to have in the marketplace that you would consider as trustworthy? And this was mind blowing (laughs) because I was confident that it would be you know, like New York Times bestselling author, it would be, you know, whatever. I I was completely wrong, 100%, no question about it. Uh, the three most credible titles were owner, founder, and CEO. Those were by far above and beyond. Mm. And the least credible titles were host, trainer, and thought leader. Wow. And <laughs> That's wild. It's so bizarre because like we even, one of the things we do at Brand Builders Group is we help people create their expert bio and their bylines. And up until this study, guaranteed, I would have had something like thought leader or host of top 50 podcasts um, (laughs) straight up in their byline. And I'm like, sorry, everyone. I was so wrong. But it's what people want to know is you've got firsthand personal experience with doing whatever it is that I want to learn about from you. Mm. And these other titles like author and trainer and coach and speaker were so far down the list. And then we said, well, in terms of trustworthiness in the marketplace and, and purchase decisions, what are the most important things that you look for when you are making a purchase decision? And so, and this again, about a personal brand. And we asked things like, is having a book important? Is having a podcast important? A nice website, social media presence, a large social media presence. We had asked all these different things. <laughs> but this was the, to me, and there are two things here because I, I could nerd out on this for a very long time. But having a blog, a book, a best-selling book, and or a New York Times best-selling book, had the exact same percentage of value. Hmm. 
okay. a blog or yep. a New York Times bestselling book. They held them wow. an equal weight in terms of, will I spend money with you? And you how high up in the, the number scale was this? Number 10. Number, number 10. 10. Oh, okay. Number 10 out of 20. Oh, wow. Like, think about that for a second. Like most people who are writing books and trying to hit the New York Times to then turn around, because this is us, right? It's like we spent five years of our life writing our first book, getting an agent, getting a publisher. We hit number two on the New York Times. Like we spent so much time and so much money and people are going, eh, you could also just have a blog. <laughs> like, what? What? What are you talking about? Wow. Um, but the single-handedly most important, uh, 68% of Americans said the number one most important thing that dictates who I purchase from is testimonials. Wow. What do other people have to say <laughs> about working with you? Now think about that for a second. That is the cheapest, fastest thing that you could possibly do to grow your business. Like we could get off the phone right now and you could probably get 10 testimonials by the end of the day. Yeah. Versus yeah. in three years, you might have a book. True. And they're going, no, testimonials is by far and above the most important thing. And then second was you get paid to speak or consult. Mm -hmm. And then third is that you have a really nice website. <laughs> yeah. Like that's to me, that's a little bit ludicrous, but it's also, I think, a very important sign of where are you investing your time, money, and resources into what's actually going to drive the ROI. Yeah. Yeah. And that those are things that are really important for you to know if you're building a personal brand or a business for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. And then that goes into the visual side and, and also the strategic side and all of that, especially having the website, but a blog that is so fascinating to me. I know. Cause everyone thinks that a blog, but like who has a blog anymore? Well, turns out a lot of people do <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> and they're, they're doing quite well with them. Yeah. Man, I need, I need to keep up with my blog. <laughs> Reactivate it. I know. And I need to reassess my title of what I call myself too. Yes. Well, expert. Expert. Okay. Expert. Visual so. brand expert, maybe. Visual brand expert, CEO and founder of Nikon Can Inc. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, done. Good. I love it. I love it. Let's talk about the study uh, that you guys. Let's go. I go a little deeper into the study with the Victoria's Secret case study and how they're switching everything to personal brands. And uh, yeah, let's, let's jump into that. Yeah, this is super fascinating and was completely random how we even got mixed up in this. <laughs> and whenever we we did a soft release of our study back just a three months ago. Um, and we're doing like a big formal release now. But when we did this really soft release, we had some of the data points out on Twitter that we thought was really fascinating. And a guy pinged us and was like, hey, I saw this study that you just released. This is really fascinating. Would you be willing to do an interview tonight at 11 p.m. for an article that I've got to submit tomorrow? Huh. <laughs> we were like, I guess. <laughs> um, so we were actually on vacation in the Adirondacks in upstate New York. Oh, wow. So we were, like already not in like the best outfits or all the things mountain life. And so we do this interview and then around 10 AM the next morning, one of our girlfriends was like, uh, were you going to tell us that you were on good morning America? <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, come again. We had no what? idea. Oh he, my God. And so he, we had no idea what it's what, but they loved the research so much that they upped the story. We thought it was going to be on like the 6 a.m. show that maybe only a few people see. And they punted it to actually be the commentary for the Victoria's Secret rebrand kind of launch. And so this is how we got up in the mix. Otherwise, I wouldn't probably know as much about this, but because of that. So Victoria's Secret uh, launched that they are doing one of the largest corporate rebrands in recent history. And that's like in the last decade. And so as most people know, they have become famous for their iconic angels, right? They've mm -hmm. got the runway show. They've got, you know, the whole like uh, wardrobe series. Anyways, these yeah. models that they've been really associated with for a very long time. Well, as of 2021, they discontinued the angels. And as a part of wow. this very aggressive corporate rebrand where they have been consistently losing market share for the last five years. 
Now, I would say, you know, let's just keep it real here. They still have the majority of the market share, but they have been losing market share aggressively for five years in a row with other companies like Third Love and True stepping up with this new approach to, you know, women's undergarments. And so this year they said, all right, well, whatever we've been doing isn't working. And so instead of trying to go and recapture market share with traditional advertising and marketing, they ditched the angels. And instead, they are partnering with seven very established women who have large online followings and offline followings, i.e. personal brands. And these are not models. These are tech investors, photographic journalists. They are refugee advocates. I think the very first LGBTQ transgender uh, she's specifically <laughs> transgender supermodel. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they have anyone from Priyanka Chopra, Jonas, Nick Jonas's wife, yeah. um, who is uh, probably more well-known for her tech investing than anything. Um, she's one of the leading ones. Megan Rapino, who is a, a you know, famous soccer player. They have an Olympian skier. And they, they, so what they did is they said, we don't need to go build a new audience. Yeah. We just need to borrow audiences of very trusted women who are known for their accomplishments, not their measurements. Um, (laughs) And we need to take those women and they need to become the face of who we are to reach these markets that we've been losing market share in. Wow. Wow. And they are, these people are now, these women are now on a board that are helping influence the direction of Victoria's Secret. They are shutting down stores to do full custom rebrands of everything from what they offer to the mannequins, to the store displays. I'm talking about everything you see now. And a lot, they've also been getting a lot of criticism because God forbid they try to do it in 24 hours. But I think, I think one of the things that's really significant about this is like one, this, this type of thing takes time. But they have realized the importance of a personal brand and that people follow people more than they follow companies. Mm. They trust people more than they trust companies. And so they're saying, whatever we've been doing isn't working. So let's leverage these people who already have trusted audiences and let's borrow those audiences to help build the company. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And to be able to like completely shift gears and move such a big company into a new direction. Yeah, it's it's huge. And we saw the exact same thing happen just earlier, or I guess late summer, technically not early fall, but with Leo Messi, again, superstar soccer player who was infamously connected to the Barcelona soccer club for years and years and years. And in a very unexpected turn of events, just a couple of months ago, he left FCB, the Barcelona club, and traded, uh, left and went to Paris Saint-Germain. Now, the thing about this is there was some ongoing issues with could the Barcelona club afford him anymore? You know, there's all the things I don't care to get into, but Paris Saint-Germain, so they are paying him $41 million a year plus a $30 million signing bonus for one player, one player. And so the question was, is it worth it? Are they really going to be able to get their investment back for an entire club on just one player? Well, in the first 24 hours after Messi arrived in Paris, 24 hours, they sold $100 million of jerseys. What? Oh, my God. With a $10.5 million profit on that in the first 24 hours. That does not include ticket sales or anything else. That is just in gear with Messi's name on the back. That's bananas. Because why? They know fans follow players as much, if not more than they follow clubs. Fair enough. Soccer, a world that I do not know much about, but I'm I'm a novice (laughs) in the world. I know just enough to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, But these are huge headline stories on a global perspective. And again, it's just like, finally, people are catching up to it's like, no, it's people are not in love with PSG. They are in love with the players who are at PSG and they'll easily follow the player from team to team. Yeah. 
And that's yeah. a whole new world. You got the whole new name image likeness thing going on with collegiate athletes here in the United States. We're now college athletes can yeah. uh, monetize their likeness. Talk about a whole new world. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole new world. It's about and like as you said before in the beginning, it's it's building your personal brand. It's not being an like an influencer. You build your personal brand out of who you are, you know, what you do, what you've accomplished. So do things in the world. Go do things in the world. Don't just want to build a personal brand because you want to be an influencer, like gain a skill, make yeah. things. You got to have results. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, at some point it's like, you got to have results. Now those can results can be in all types of things, but like once you have the results, then there's that opportunity to explode that on a monumental level. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say to, you know, and this kind of furthers, you know, building your personal brand as, as a personal legacy. Cause a lot of, I think a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs, they finish, you know, they, they exit a company and then they're like, what do I do? Like, where yeah. do I go? And I think using building a personal brand to create impact is, is such a big thing. Yeah. Like one of the things that we say all the time is that a personal brand is not what you do. A personal brand is who you are. Mm. And for most entrepreneurs, we lose our identity in our business. And yeah. a personal brand, and I think this is the beautiful thing about this, it's not about your business. It's about you. It's about what you believe in, what you feel like you were put on this world to do. And yeah. that, your business is a piece of that, but it is not who you are. And your personal brand is who you are, not what you do. Yeah. And it's like the more we can lean into that, it's like as we sell businesses or lose businesses or move businesses or whatever, your personal brand stays intact because yeah. it's about your own personal mission and values and passions, regardless of the business. Yeah, absolutely. And that comes through your own personal growth as well. Um, yeah. It, it should change and alter as you grow. Yeah. 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 I've been building out my own kind of system called identity alchemy. And it's about that exact process of like, of, you know, we're always shape-shifting identities. We're constantly with new information. We're taking in a new, we're creating a new identity to put out into the world as a personal brand. Oh yeah. And, I assure uh, you the, the image I put out five years ago, pre pre motherhood is quite different than the one that I put out post motherhood. It's a completely different personal brand identity calling passion they couldn't be more different in a short five years yeah absolutely absolutely and we all grow and we all shift and change and our personal brands should reflect that and reflect the learnings and reflect things that help other people out absolutely what other stats did you guys discover that were yeah, quite so interesting i love this i love the statistics it's so fun it's so interesting so I'll just share a couple of my favorites and then I can you can tell me what you think is um, most interesting but I think this is really important that 82% of Americans say that companies are more influential when their executives have a personal brand that they can know and follow. So yeah. again, back to this company perspective, which I think is really amazing. Now, this particular stat was not done by us, but this is a, this is a statistic done by another research study around the same time. But I, I integrated this because I think the context of it is very complementary to our study. But this is one of the stats that we connected in here is that 95% of millennials say that their friends are the most credible source of product information. And I think that is uh, terrifying and fascinating <laughs> at the very same time, because if I look around to my group of friends and I'm going, this is the most credible source of product information that's out there then y'all, we're in big trouble. Like what? But then when you act, you actually think about like, what did people define as a personal brand and a personal brand is someone that is simply recognizable. And then you look at 67% of people say they are more likely to trust someone that has a personal brand, which really just means they're more likely to trust someone that they can see, know, follow, and learn from. Mm -hmm. And when you parallel that to 95% of millennials say that they're friends, are their most trusted source of product information? You go, well, of course they are. Because they're the people that they know, trust, see. Yeah. Lots of things. And so, you know, if my best friend says that, you know, this restaurant is junk, then I'm like, well, it must be junk because I'm, I like her 
And I trust her. Yeah. That's her opinion. <laughs> right. So true. Without any investigation of my own, because we like, no trust these people. Yeah. And the more recognizable you are, the more that those things are able to happen, but they need to be able to happen on a, a personal level. So I think that was really, really fascinating when it comes to just why, why yeah. are, why are companies losing credibility in the marketplace? And I think a lot of that has to do with because the people are not well known anymore. It's just yeah. a logo. It's just an entity. And then outside of that, <laughs> I, there's two other quick things. And I promise yeah, that. Yeah. I'll just, I'll kind of like hit these high, but we also wanted to know, were there any trends and what professions were most important to have a personal brand? And this is very similar to the titles where we're we're most credible. Like we did not see this coming whatsoever, but after reading all the data, I'll correlate how actually that does make sense, but far and above professional services across the board were deemed the most important to have a personal brand. And, but 61%, 61%, so almost two thirds of Americans said that a doctor, their doctor, my doctor, your doctor, a doctor, it is most important for a doctor to have a personal brand of all the other professions that we asked about. Mm, I can see that. Then your employer was next. So the person, right, who pays you, signs your checks, and yeah. then your lawyer was third. And then there was a whole bunch of other ones down below, but lawyer, employer, and doctor. And then what we really started to correlate and what we found that we didn't anticipate is that really this study, as much as it was about having a personal brand, it's really a study about trust. Yeah. And yeah. a personal brand is really just a trust accelerator in the marketplace and so much of everything that populated in this study is that by having a personal brand, you're able to expedite the amount of trust that you have with someone because they can find mm. you, know you, learn from you way before they ever meet you. Yeah. And then you correlate that to your lawyer and your doctor and your employer. And it's going, all right, if this is really about trust, well, think about that. It's like, you better trust your doctor because your life is in their hands. And then you better trust your employer because your livelihood is in their hands. And well, you better trust your lawyer too, because your freedom is in their hands. Wow. Yeah. And you start thinking about all these things and then financial, a financial advisor was fourth on the list. And it's like, your money is in their hands. Yeah. And so, so much of all of this really populated around a personal brand is a trust accelerator. It allows someone to trust you way before they buy from you. So when they do buy from you, there's already an established relationship, even though you Mm. didn't initiate it one-on-one, it's already there, which means they're more loyal from the get-go. Right. Yeah. That makes, that makes so much more sense. It's so funny because like with lawyers and doctors and what was the other one? The doctor, lawyer, employers, like those are the, probably the last people that I would think would need a personal brand, but it's so interesting to hear how that's flipped. Yeah. And again, we kind of thought it's going to be your coaches and consultants and speakers and your influencers, your lifestyle people. And they were towards the bottom of the list. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say just the correlation that we made is that the more The more that trust is required, the more established your personal brand must become. Mm, mm, Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and to also create along with that trust is the congruency between who you are and and what you're putting out there into the world. The story that you're telling, the, the reputation that you're creating through your personal brand is the incongruent, making sure that that's in congruence with what you, how you actually live and being and having integrity. Yeah, it's it's so much about integrity and trust and authenticity, authenticity and transparency. Yeah, we sniff that stuff out now. (laughs) Yeah, and it's really easy to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That wasn't always so easy to do before, but now it really, really is with social media and the Google. You know, <laughs> Google. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that we we found, and I was I was trying to pull up this exact statistic because I didn't want to make up a number, but it's sixty seven percent of millennials say that they will check out the online personal brand 
of almost any coach, business consultant, or anyone like that before hiring them. Wow. So 67% of people are going, I'm going to find out about you online before I hire you. And it's, I'll parallel this to the quick personal story. So we've been looking for some new like healthcare professionals in our life and a, a good friend, a good friend whom I trust recommended this person to me. And it's like, even though I trust her inherently, this person did not have a website. <laughs> and I'm like, I can, I can find nothing about this human online. Like, it's like they don't exist. So in my world, I'm pairing this personal recommendation yeah. to, but they don't exist anywhere. Like, what do people say about them? There's nothing there. What are, what is their practice like? What's their methodology? Like, what does the building look like? And it's like all these things where I'm going, like, I'm going to verify that with your online presence. Yeah. And in this particular case, I could not find them. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like that 67% of millennials say the first place we're going to go to make this decision is we're going to go check out your online personal brand. So that's your social media, your website, you know, your blog, wherever, yeah. wherever it is. <laughs> I mean, isn't it funny like that? Like, I feel like Instagram is the new business card. Yeah. Really? I mean, I, every time somebody tells me about somebody, you're like, oh, I'm going to look up their Instagram. Cause for me, like you can get anywhere to all my platforms from my one main Instagram. And I think going into, yeah, it's when you meet somebody or somebody tells you about somebody, you're like, oh, who, let me, let me see who they are online. That's the first <laughs> thing you do. That's the first thing you do. It's the first thing you do. And it's like for people who go, ah, fooey with that. I'm like, well, fooey with your business. You better watch <laughs> out. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. And I think one of the things too, that we've been doing a lot of research on too, is the use of different platforms for different purposes and different needs. And one of the things that we've really, really kind of bought into is how do you utilize each platform to appeal to a different part of who you are? Oh, interesting. And so like for me, for example, it's like, if you want to learn about me as a, a person, right? So that could be mom, woman, wife, whatever. But as a person, right? Instagram is where you go. So this yeah. is where you're going to have that human connection to me. But if you want to learn from me, then you're going to go to LinkedIn because that's where mm -hmm. I'm going to share my data and insights and content. Um, and then if you want to learn about my me as an entrepreneur, you go to Pinterest. Oh, and so it's like, we've intentionally said, like, there are three different ways to learn about an individual. Like for me, for example, and it's, all right, you want to learn about me, the business owner, the CEO, you go to LinkedIn, me as a, just a human being, you go to Instagram and me as an entrepreneur, you go to Pinterest. And so it's like, you wow. get a different part of me, depending on what platform that you want to follow. Wow. I love that. I've never really thought about it like that before. Great. I'll tell you how it works out. <laughs> yeah. Let me know how it works. So just before we wrap up here, what would be your top three? I know that's a really big piece of advice, but what would be your top three things, pieces of advice to people for starting out building their personal brand? Oh, it's big and it's kind of simple at the same time. So simple doesn't mean easy, but it is simple. Is the first and foremost thing is you have to figure out what problem you solve in the world. Oh, and, wow. and that's one. It's like, what problem do you feel like you solve in the world? Like for your audience, yeah. like, what do you solve? The second, second thing is what is the unique way that you solve that? So how do you view it differently than anyone else? Just because of who you are, mm. right? Those are life experiences. Those could be good, bad either way, but how do you view this differently? Cause I hear, I hear this all the time from people that we work with. They're like, <laughs> I can't talk about shame because Brene Brown talks about shame or I can't talk about debt because Dave Ramsey talks about debt or I can't talk about greatness because Lewis House talks about that. And I'm like, that, what? It's like, yeah. of course you can, because you don't have the same life experiences and life stories as Brene or Dave or Lewis. So it's yeah. like, what is it that's unique about you that allows you to share this in a way that no one else could because mm -hmm. they're not you? And then the third thing is figure out very, very intimately and very specifically, what person are you doing this for? Mm. And it's having a very clear view of at the end of the day, if I can only reach one person, this is who it is. And yeah. it's what do they, what do they fear? What do they want? What do they believe in? What's holding them back? What questions do they have? 
What are their limiting beliefs? And it's like really getting super acquainted with like, who is this person that you want to serve? And like, Mm. those are the first three things. It's like, if you're building a personal brand, you better know what problem you solve because you have to be an ambassador of that problem. And then you've got to figure out what is your uniqueness? Like what makes you, you, Mm. and then who do you want to go out and serve? Like, those are the three things. Wow. Perfect. Beautiful. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for jumping on and giving us the download of all this stuff. Oh, you're so welcome. I could nerd out on data for days. So I I love it. Well, where can people find your personal brand online? Speaking of, if they want to research you and find everything out about you, it sounds like you got a few channels, but where would be how would you direct them? Luckily, my handle is the same no matter where you go. It's AJ underscore Vaden. And again, it's like, you want to learn about me as a person, then you hit me up on Instagram. If you want to learn more about building your personal brand, then you go to LinkedIn. And if you want to learn more about the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, hit me up on Pinterest. But the handle is the same. Try to make it easy. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Onkin Radio Podcast with AJ Vaden. I am your host, Nick Onkin. And uh, don't forget, if you want to download the free study of all these statistics, go to brandbuildersgroup.com slash study. And you can download it for free there. So with that, if you want to share this episode, if you enjoyed it and you know somebody who would love it, send out the link. You can also... uh, check us out over on onkinradio.com see all of the past episodes we've got many many guests from usher to scooter Braun to uh lewis house and uh many many more so you can scroll through the archives and find some great information on creativity entrepreneurship spirituality and all the above if you want to follow me over at at nikonkin on instagram you can get more up-to-date updates and um yeah, see all the things that are happening in Alkin's world. So with that, you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create your life by creating every small moment. And we'll see you next time.